Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Before Steve uh, comes up to minister, when... uh, Brother Steve Green was talking here about uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Not just storehouse, storehouses. <laughs> Praise God. And then what would, what would that be like when he'd command his blessing on you in your storehouses? and in all to which you set your hand. If you go down to verse number 12, he, he pointed this out. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. The two words good treasure in the, in the Hebrew is the word storehouse. Why was it not translated storehouse like it was in the previous verse? I don't know. He said the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and he said the Lord will open to you his storehouse. (laughs) His storehouse. Glory to God. What in the world could possibly be in his storehouse? There's no limit. There's no limit. There's no end to what's in his storehouse. He said, the Lord will open to you his storehouse. Whoo, glory to God. My storehouses are looking better all the time. (laughs) The heavens, the heavens to give the rain to your land in the season. Now, he's not, he's talking about natural rain, but he's not just talking about water. It's not just talking, just talking about natural rain because some people, you know, this, this was written to a, a, a culture that was based in agriculture primarily, so they understood that. But not everybody in Israel were involved in agriculture. You know, the people who, who uh, worked in the farms, you know, they had to have oxen to, to pull the plows and so Well, somebody had to build those, those uh, uh, you know, those uh, yokes and, uh, you know, the things that the, that the animals were hooked together. Somebody had to build those things. There, there were artisans. In Israel, who made, you know, there were blacksmiths and there were carpenters and there were uh, people, textile people that made garments. And so it couldn't just be just rain because that wouldn't help them. Oh, glory to God. Whatever it is. And then he went on to say, and he will bless all the work of your hand. Well, that's what he said in verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your storehouses, and it'll come from his storehouse. The heavens, everything in the heavens, glory to God, to bless all the work of your hands. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you put your hand to, whatever your, whatever your uh, uh, place in life that, that God has given you to work in. He said he will, he will open his storehouse and pour it into your storehouses. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Well, Steve Morgan's going to deliver the word tonight, and so come and do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, doing a tag team match tonight. Amen. Brother Steve and Pastor and me. Let's, um, let's just thank the Lord for a moment. Father, we thank you for what's already been said tonight. We honor you. We thank you. Hallelujah for the word. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the anointing on the word. We thank you that there's anointing uh, impregnated in every word of, uh, of God. And so, Father, we thank you, hallelujah, that as the word is spoken and as the word is received, Father God, the, there is power for change. There's power for demonstration. There's faith embedded in the word of God. So when we hear, Father, and we hear what you're saying about the word, what the Holy Spirit is speaking and witnessing, Father God, it causes us to change. It causes us to move up higher. It causes us to walk in new things that we have yet to walk in. And so, Father, we put that level of honor on the word that we've already heard and the word that we are about to receive. Father, we give glory. We give honor to you, Father. I just thank you that everything that I say, Father, will add to what you're already saying tonight and bring a blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I just... um. I have a lot of things here, um, but being that it's um, already 736, I'm just going to hit to right to the things that line up with what's already been said tonight, because I have a whole section here that kind of lines right up with this. Um, you know, God is, is calling us for faith adjustments, right? Uh, he said 2020 vision this year. He said that there's going to be faith adjustments, and I don't know about you, but I've been praying about those adjustments. I've been asking the Lord, show me those adjustments. I've been doing what Pastor asked us to do this morning and taking a good look at my own faith and my own uh, belief and my own uh, actions and seeing if they're lining up uh, with what God has said about about this year and what, what God has spoken to our pastor. You know, um, the last time I ministered, I, I talked about uh, revelations coming specifically through our pastors. Y'all remember that? And so uh, since I'm preaching it, I'm, I'm better practice it, right? And so I've been receiving of, the, of this faith tune-up message uh, with, with a hungry heart because I want to make the tune-ups and the adjustments. And, um, you know, and as I've been praying, I, I saw our church uh, like a big V8 engine. All the guys say amen. And, and I saw the hand of the Lord like a master mechanic coming in and, and making adjustments, you know, to, to the motor and tuning our motor up as a church. Um, and how many know when you, when you do a big tune-up on a motor, a lot of times you drain the fluids, you get the fluids cleaned out and everything, and you, get, and you go in and you, and you make adjustments. I've only, I only know this because I watch car shows on, the, on TV with, with Pops, you know. Uh, I've, I've never actually done this myself. When I was in Royal Rangers, uh, Curtis told me, you know, he said he was uh, on a section where, where it was about changing your oil and stuff. And I said, oh, this is boring. And he said, well, you're going to need to know it one day. I said, oh, no, I won't. I'll just pay someone else to change my oil. And he's like, well, you may not. And I said, well, he goes, well, what happens if, if you need to change your oil? I said, I said I'll just uh, trade it in for a different car and get something that runs better. You know, smart aleck little kid. He probably wanted to choke the life out of me. There's been times I wish I would have listened during that section, but, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm not a mechanic by any means, you know, um, but, 
But in, 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 in when I was praying, the Lord was showing me this, and he was showing that he is a master mechanic, and, and he's tuning up the engine of our church. These faith, this faith tune-up is a tune-up so that he can then fill us back up, amen, with some things, glory to God, so that we can run smoothly. But not just, you know, a, a V8 is nice because it doesn't just run smoothly. It's got some power behind it. And if it's tuned right, it can actually be really quick. And, and so I, I'm just, you, you might be in a place where you're like, oh, faith, faith tune up. You know, this is going to take some time to tune my faith up. Well, let me tell you this. The time that it takes to, to tune uh, your faith up will be worth it because when, when God begins to move you back out into, in, onto the track, you'll be tuned up and you'll be ready to go and you'll be able to go at a quicker pace than you were running before. Right? I was watching a car show, and, and this motor had, a, had a, 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 a turbo on it, and the turbo had a crack in it. And so when they, when they pushed the gas down, the turbo would take, uh, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't engage until a few, a few moments later. And so there was lag when they hit the gas. And so it was like, and it finally would kick in. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, uh, when God tells us to hit the gas, we have a lag in it. God's tuning us up now with a faith tune-up, and, and we need to recognize and, and do what pastor's exhorting us to do and examine ourselves and say, Lord, Lord, show me where I need that tune-up. Show me where I need that adjustment. Because you're a working part to the whole engine of the body of Christ here at locally at Impact. And we need you tuned up so that all the parts are working together so that we can move forward into the plan and the purpose of God. Amen. God doesn't speak a thing. He doesn't show a thing. He doesn't reveal a thing. He's not saying 2020 vision so that we can just say, well, that's great for this person. That's good for Joby. He, I know he needs it, but but I, but but me, I'm good to go, right? No, we need to lay our own selves out like, like uh, Sister Deborah was speaking by the Spirit of God, lay all of what we've got out on the table so that we can say, Lord, however it looks, whatever adjustment, sometimes you need a timing adjustment. A timing adjustment. The timing of a motor is what, what keeps it running smoothly and everything working together. How many of you know it's better to be in God's timing than your timing? It may look like you're, you're going, you're, it's taking longer than you would like it to have, but if it's in God's timing, when the time hits and it's the right time, then there'll be an acceleration of the things that he has said and the things that he has declared, and it'll be in his timing. Come on, when God tunes an engine and puts the t his timing on it, then everything runs smoothly. Instead of us putting our hands on something and trying to adjust the timing, and the timing gets off, and uh, 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 I, when I first started driving, I had a, uh, a Buick Regal, 1981, and I and and my dad bought it for $300 from a cat lady who were, was letting her cats live in the in the car. And we'll just say this, that the, the peanut butter colored seats were anointed with all kinds of things that ought not be uh, 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 anointed with from the cats living in the car. But you know what? Uh, I was glad to have it. $300, well, boy, I took the seats out and we scrubbed them and we sprayed them and we cleaned them all up and, and, and got, it, got it looking good. And, and, and the, the car, you know, didn't have many miles on it. It was a good looking car it, uh, once we got it all cleaned up. And, um, and I, was, I was glad to have it. I, I thought it was great. Um, but there was something off in the timing and there was something off of the carburetor. And we had 
uh, my uncle Kirby look at it. He was a mechanic. We had uh, other, I think Curtis even looked at it. I think everybody, every mechanic I knew took a look at, at this thing, and we could not get it right. And what would happen is it would be uh, 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 just want to accelerate on its own to 55, and so I, you know, but being 16, man, and I want to go to the movies or something, I'm going to drive. And because it was running so rich, man, it would use up five gallons of gas just to get from here to, to Newberry Road. Just like that, boom, you, you use up five gallons. And how do you know for a 16-year-old who's not getting paid that much working at his family's ice cream shop, eating more ice cream than he is getting paid, Five, five gallons of gas was, was a high premium. And this thing would, as soon as I would let off the, the brake, I had to double foot the brake to keep it still at a, at a red light. Sometimes I'd try to put it in neutral so I wouldn't have, to, wouldn't have but it, the engine would be like, Wah! and I'd kick that thing down and drive or release the brakes and, so here's a 16-year-old kid, and everybody I, I, I'm side by side with at the red light thinks I'm some kind of idiot, you know, who's just peeling out at every red light, uh, uh, getting from place to place, you know. But I was so anxious to drive, I just went ahead and drove it anyway. I didn't wait for it to get right to drive, and because of that, I was a danger on the highway. I remember so many times I was, uh, uh, trying to scoot up, you know, as traffic is scooting up, I'm double footing the brake. Uh, 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 whoa, the motor's just going. That's dangerous. But we don't want to be that way as a church where we're trying to get out ahead of God or we're, we're trying to gloss over the, the season of adjustments and faith tune-up because we're just ready to get to the next thing. Or, Pastor, would you please, this is week eight or week nine or whatever it is, and, and, and we're like, Pastor, would you please move on? No, no, we don't want to move on until we're adjusted and ready to go because if God's wanting to do some things in this year and this season and we know that he is because he's been speaking about it, we want to be adjusted and we want to be uh, uh, in, in top form so that we can go where God needs us to go. Amen? Well, how many of you know that when God begins to speak about tithing, mm, see, I, I know I got y'all stirred up to bring us right back to tithing. Hallelujah. Um, but here's the thing. Faith adjustments. Faith adjustments. Tithing is an essential Faith adjustment. And God's not bringing up, I know where it's Sunday night crowd, and you might be thinking, well, I know I'm tithing. Well, well then just continue and, and, and plan on increasing because I'm not done yet. But, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't know the finances of the people in here, but God does. And he knows who's tithing and who's not. And he knows who's, who's given 5 or 7% and calling it a tithe, but it's not really a tenth unto him. And if you want the, 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 the storehouses, uh, you want to, I like when Pastor read that because I saw the divine exchange, for your storehouse for his storehouse. That's a trade right there. And God's saying, I'm trying to, to get you to trust me to have that faith adjustment, to trust me with 10% of your finances so that I can exchange what I have for what you have. 
I can open up access. There is access to my storehouses if you can just trust me 10%. If you can just honor me with 10%, then I will open up the windows of heaven. Well, why, why is God saying this? Uh, let's, let's turn over to uh, Malachi real quick. I know Doug reads this all the time. It's his favorite scripture. Verse, Malachi verse three, or chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring all, say all, all the tithes. Bring all the tithes. It's interesting to me, you know, Malachi is, is, is declaring this. It's a prophecy, really, that he's saying for, you know, who uh, uh, he's talking from God. He's saying, who, well, you've robbed me. And they've said, well, how have we robbed you? He said, you've robbed me in tithes and what? And offerings. See, y'all who are already tithing, I told you I'd get y'all too. He said, you're robbing me. Well, how, how are we robbing you, God? He said, in tithes and offerings. And so Malachi is prophesying this, and he, sa he says, bring all the tithes. I find it interesting that he says all the tithe. He could just say bring the tithe. But how many of you know that if you bring the tithe of this, and you bring the tithe of that, and you bring the tithe of this over here, but you don't bring all the tithes, you're not going to, to really be in a position where you're opening all the storehouses. Right? And so why is God, a, God calling us to make an adjustment? Why is he calling us to make an adjustment? Because the body of Christ needs the whole body to tithe in order to get the whole work that he's got planned done. I'm going to read a few statistics. Right before I walked out the door tonight, I looked this up. This, is, this came out in 2016, so it's pretty current. Um, these are just some st uh, statistics of the body right now, and we may be better than this. I don't know. I haven't talked to Pastor or Pastor Angel about this um, at all, so I don't know if we're a better percentage or, or not. But it says these are just some statistics. Tithers make up 10 to 25% of a normal congregation. Only 10 to 25% are, are the tithers of a, of a normal congregation in America. This is American stats. Only 5% of the U.S. tithes. Only 5% of America tithes. With 80% of America's only giving 2% of their income, but calling it a tithe. You can see the enemy's been at work here, right? It says Christians are only giving at 2.5% per capita, and during the Great Depression, they gave 3.3%. So even... In years where the country was in a great depression and people had hardly anything, people were more generous towards God. Faith adjustments. Uh, what would happen if every believer tithed in America? This is interesting. There would be an additional $165 billion for churches to use and distribute per year. An additional 165 billion per year. The global impact. This is this. I'm reading what this article says. It said the global impact would be phenomenal. Here's just a few things the church could do with that kind of money. 
Now, I know that all of this isn't necessarily the church's mission, but this is an article that just gives you some perspective. It says $25 billion would relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases in just five years. If you took $25 billion of that a year of the tithe. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. If you took $12 billion and gave it to, to it each year. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically at places where the world, in the world where 1 billion people live on less than $1 per day. $1 billion could fully fund, $1 billion a year could fully fund all overseas missions works with just $1 billion a, a year. 100 to 110 billion would still be left over for additional ministry expansion. That's just on the tithe. And so I want I, that that's pretty impressive, isn't it? And even though a lot of those things may not be the specific mission of the church, but just think if the body of Christ in America rose up and did all those things within the next five years, all those things were accomplished and the missions work was being fully funded and starvation was being wiped out and that kind of uh, uh, thing was being done by the church. Do you think people would tune into what's going on in the church? Do you think, see, God, God, God wants to do bigger things than what we're thinking. But how many of you know God cannot take a church, amen, to a higher place if they're still not even trusting him in the most simplistic thing that he's asking them to do where their finances are concerned? And I'm going to, God's been speaking this to, to my heart, and I'm going to prophesy this to you. Um, I'm going to read it, but. But God spoke this to me about, about the next five years. The next five years are going to be in, uh, increased blessing financially in the United States. The next five years. And there's going to be blessing that, come, that comes to the church. And it's our job to steward it in a way that, that we miss stewarding it when God tried to introduce prosperity the last time. I'm not talking specifically just impact. I mean the the church. How many of you know there's a lot of the church that's not believing for, for finances? God's still going to bless them. It's still their job to steward it. But those of us who are called to, to stand up and grab hold of these things, God's going to bring blessing into, into our hands. And I just dare say this, that in the next five years, tithers are going to see an increased amount coming to them because it's those that God can trust with his money. And the Lord said this, there's going to be many in this congregation who see an increase in their income some 20, 30, 40, and 50% over the next five years. Now, he didn't tell me who exactly. He said some would. Some would. But I know how God is. He throws out promises and says, will you dare to believe? And to the measure of your faith, faith tune up. To the measure of your faith will be to the measure of your increase. And why is God bringing this level of increase? Why does he want to do it across the body? Why is he doing it in America? Why does he want to do it right here at Impact? Because there is a mission to fulfill. There are missionaries who need to be funded. There is a plan that needs to be walked out. There is a purpose. There are lives that need to be reached. There is a gospel and there is a revival that God is trying to, trying to move in our country. And it takes money to, to, to do a lot of what's called to do. It takes money. 
And we're, the, we're, we're a lot of the core here tonight. Um, and, and so God, God wants to stir us up to begin to contend. And so if you're not tithing, he's, he's, he's throwing this, this, this net out there for you so that you can say, oh, I'm seeing this different. And I need to dare to trust him in a way that I've not trusted him because he needs me to be a vessel of God's blessing. Right? And the great thing about it is anytime you're a funnel of God's blessing, you get blessed. That's not the sole purpose, but how many of you know that in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, you can turn there if you like to, it says without faith it's impossible to please him. You have to believe that he is and that he's a what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And when God is stirring a thing, when he's stirring an adjustment in an area and we're making an adjustment, then we need, we need to understand that he doesn't want us to just make that adjustment because he's God and he said so. That would be okay, right? But he's so good, he said you can't even fully function in faith unless you keep in mind that I'm a rewarder. It's not just the seeking of his will. It is, the, it is the mindset that my God is a rewarder. My Father is a rewarder of any area that I diligently seek him in, any area that I obey the word in, any area that I say yes, any area that I make an adjustment in my faith. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so if you're making an adjustment even tonight in tithing, you will see a reward. What did all these scriptures say? He's saying, I want you to tithe not because I just want you to tithe to me because I'm God. No, that would be okay. But he says, no, I want you to tithe because I'm opening up the storehouses. I want to get what I got over to you. And so I really believe that God has spoken to me that the next five years are, are, are a year of uh, years of blessing financially for the, for the United States. And as a, he's not doing that just to bless the U.S. of A. He's doing that for the church's sake. He's doing that for the church's sake. The church has risen up and began to pray. The church has risen up and began to, to take a stand again. And, and, and God is trying to move. I believe this, that God is going to begin to work. And, and we're going to see people coming back to Jesus in the U.S. of A. over the next five years as well. In a way that we've not seen since some Billy Graham type crusades. I'm believing for it. I feel like the Lord's saying that. And how many of you know, if we're going to fill stadiums, we need people to fund that. Billy Graham didn't fund that out of his own pocket. There were people who supported him. Well, if people are going to come in here and increase measure, how many of you know it's going to take funding to, to, to provide for those people? So what is he going to do? He's going to call us and call us into a higher place by asking us to make adjustments in faith so that we can step into a new place, right? And so I believe that God is doing that. And so we need to, we need to steward. Um, let's turn over to um, Genesis 15. I just want to to encourage you about God being a rewarder. He never asks us to do anything just because. He's, he's looking to see if we'll obey because he's got a reward for us. 
Um, in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Amen. Wouldn't that be awesome if God came to you in a vision and said, I am your exceeding great reward. But something I noticed here, Abram didn't just go on shout and say hallelujah. He said, but Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? This is the father of our faith. And he, when God came to him in a vision and said, I am your exceeding great reward, the, Abraham said, if you're my reward, then what will you give me? And, and God got very frustrated and said, no, I'm just your reward. Get on out of here. No, he, he got, God responded. Look what God said. Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Then, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven, count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and it accounted unto him for righteousness. This is the father of our faith. And the Lord is saying, I want to be your reward. I want to be, I want to be your shield. I want to be your reward. And Abraham then said, okay, then I'm, I, want, I need something from you in order to know that you're my reward. God is not afraid of you asking for something more because he is your reward. He, he dares us to ask for more. Because he wants to reward. He is a rewarder. And he, we, you know, we know uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 6 uh, and verse 30, 33. But let's, let's go over really quick just to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. And I'm going to read through this real quick because I, I think this, is, this will be good for you. Verse 1, it says, take heed that you do not do charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no what? Reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet or before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. As you, uh, as surely I say to you, they have their what? But when you do charitable deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deeds may be in secret, that your father who sees you in secret will himself, what? Reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Uh, um, we'll skip down. It's surely I say to you, they have their what? But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will what? Reward you openly. And um, then we, can, we could go down into verse 16. It talks about fasting. And it says, for surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in secret place. For your Father who sees in secret will what? Reward you openly. 
Do not lay for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, hallelujah, uh, where neither uh, moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. First, verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye, and if, if your eye, therefore, is good, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or else we will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And then he goes on to say, therefore, do not worry. That whole chapter is about money and about uh, 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 the needs that, that you have and, and, and about praying in secret. But the whole thing I wanted to get to is if God was afraid of you seeking things for a reward, why is Jesus going on and on and on about prayer, about fasting, about giving, and then saying, don't do it this way because if you do it that way, you won't receive a reward. But if you do it this way, here's the motivation. There is a reward. There is reward for your adjustment, faith adjustments that are in this day and this hour. God isn't just having you to make adjustments in your faith because he's just, he just wants you to be a better Christian or, or some sort of more, more faith, uh, faith-filled person. That No, that he, he is calling us up higher because he has things for us to do, but it's not just the things he has for us to do. He also is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so as we're making faith adjustments, expect the reward to be coming as well. He is a rewarder. And, and part of this financial increase that is coming, and I believe is already starting to come, is already here and available. As, as we see it, it is a blessing. It is a reward. But, it, but it's not only just a blessing. It's a testing to see if you will steward it well so that he can trust you with more. So when you get in it, why does he say bring all the tithes into the storehouse? Let's turn back over to that and look. Malachi, just a couple pages back from where we're at. Why does he say bring all the tithes into the storehouse? What is it? Is it the Amplified that says uh, all of your increase? Let me look that up. Of um, Malachi 3.10. Anybody have the Amplified? The whole tenth of your income. And it says, um, it says here, uh, oh, let's turn back. I think it's Proverbs. Is it Proverbs chapter 3? Let's look at that real quick. Y'all helping me preach tonight. Yeah. It says, um, it says here, it says, trust in the Lord. We'll start in verse 5. With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Amen. That sounds like faith, doesn't it? In all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions. So even once you get something and have tithed on it, we're still supposed to honor God with it. So let me just give a warning that the Spirit of God wanted me to warn. Pastor and, and Pastor Angel, Pastor Greg, Miss Amy, they can testify this, that they've seen people rise up in blessing 
And then the blessing took them out away from the blesser. So as you begin to see increase come, and as you begin to accumulate possessions, because the Lord's not against you having possessions, make sure that you're still honoring the Lord with your possessions. That will keep you safeguarded when your possessions are submitted and honoring God. It'll keep you safeguarded from stepping out of your place and cutting you off from the grace. It'll keep you from leaving your storehouse. See, sometimes people are like the prodigal son. They get all that, they're, that belongs to them and they leave the storehouse. They leave the place that God's asked them to be. They, they start going boating on Sundays now that God's blessed them with a boat. Well, that must not have been God that blessed them. No, God will, God will answer your prayers and see if you'll honor him with that possession. He loves you and trusts you and honors the free will that you have that he'll answer your prayer and bless you with something and then see if you'll honor him with it. Right? This is good teaching tonight. And so, so this will keep you safeguarded if you keep your possessions submitted and honored to God. They won't pull if you keep your business submitted and honored to God. If you keep your business in the place it's supposed to be and not make compromise where when, when things begin to get prosperous, well, I, I got I to gotta lay out and, and work on this, this, this Sunday and this, and this Sunday and this Sunday. And, and it's not just a once in a while blue moon thing. It becomes a routine of now I'm, now I'm honoring my business over Wednesday night service. And now I'm honoring this contract that I have to fulfill over what God, the, the place that God called me to be in service to on Sunday. And then what happens? Your business, the possession, because God's given you that as a possession to honor him with and to be a force for him in this earth. Your business isn't just to bring provision to you and your family. Your business is to bring honor to the Father and to show the glory of the Lord here on this earth. Your job doesn't have to be a business. It could be a well-paying job. If God's going to increase our income some 20, 30, 40, and 50 percent over the next five years, I would dare say there's going to be some job increases for you. There's going to be some pay raises. There's going to be some positions that suddenly open up that, that you get out of divine favor that maybe you didn't deserve in your own accomplishments, but because you're a son or daughter of God, you do deserve it. And when you get that position and they say, I'm going to need you to come in Sunday morning because I'm going to need you to come in Sunday night because, no, I'm going to honor God with my possessions and it will safeguard you and keep you. We want to pass the test and be blessed. Amen. And it says, uh, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen. Do not be wise. Don't, don't all of a sudden say, well, this blessing is coming. Now I got to be wise in my own eyes to keep it. Well, I got to be wise. Well, if I, if I don't do this, that's not wise. Well, is it wise according to how you got the thing, how you got, walked into that job? Is it wise how you, according to how you believe God to get those things? Or is it now wise according to the wisdom of this earth that calls you to compromise to keep? And we know what Sister Lois said, anything you compromise to keep, you will eventually what? Lose. The enemy 
wants to come. He sees the word of God being fulfilled, and he comes immediately to steal the word. When he sees the word of God that you've been holding on to, and it becomes fulfilled in your life, and you step into a blessing that belongs to you, you step into increase that belongs to you, you can guarantee he's going to come to try to steal that word. You can guarantee it. But if you stand firm and don't compromise, amen. It's good. Hallelujah. I know it's not running stuff, but it's keeping you stuff. Hallelujah. Um, dare to believe cars, houses, and lands will be paid off. Dare to believe. God wants to pay off houses. He wants to pay off cars. He wants to pay off land. He wants to give land. If you don't own, he wants to bring ownership to you. Dare to believe it. There's, there, we are in a time where God is doing that. So believe for it. Business ideas will come. New ideas for increase in wealth will come. Direction to step out in faith will come. The pastor began to prophesy at the end of service tonight that direction's coming. Direction's coming. And, and I believe that part, part of the, I had already, the Lord had already spoke this to me. And I, I believe that God, over these next services and, and, and at the beginning of this year, God's going to start releasing direction for adjustments or things to position yourself or ideas. And you need to, to seek the Lord and believe God. Lord, you've put something in my heart. Show me what my step is. Many times we receive a, a, an inspiration from the Holy Ghost and, and we don't take the time to pray in the Holy Ghost and get God's direction on it. And then we step out too soon or we step out too early or we step out wrongly. Not that God's grace can't help you get. He will. He will help you. But how many know it's better to get the direction from the Holy Ghost so that your step of faith is a step of faith in line with the will of God so that the plan of God can be fruitful so that you don't backtrack. So be, be, God's going to give ideas. He's going to give direction. He's going to get, for some in here, he's going to, there might be new businesses that pop up. Well, well, when you get that idea or you get that inspiration, don't just run with it. Stay with the one who gave it to you. And seek him and say, how do I do this? Give me the plan. Give me the, give me the direction. Now, you may not get everything. There is still faith, right? But know that you're stepping out on what he has said. Not, well, I'm going to start a business because Brother Steve said it was a good idea. No. <laughs> no, please. Please don't. But what is the Holy Ghost saying to you? What's he, what direction is he giving? Um, he's a rewarder, but, but how many know we still got to ask? Matthew chapter 7, we'll look at this. Where has 37 minutes gone already? All right, I'm wrapping up. Say wrap up three times. You got to say it three times to one believing it. So I didn't hear it three times. I don't think y'all really believe it. Uh, chapter 7, verse 11. Um, well, let's, let's start in 7. Let's start in verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone, say everyone. Who asks, receives. And we could put in there, and everyone who, who uh, seeks, finds. And we could say, everyone who knocks, it'll be opened. Or what man uh, is there among you, if your son asks for a bread, we'll give, you a, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. 
Um, that might happen at the Anderson house because they've got uh, snakes all around there. Last time I was over there, Mia came bringing out a snake. I'm like, ah, what in the world is going on here? We're not that kind of church. Amen. <laughs> um, but, but if you ask for a fish, what, who's going give to us, give a serpent? Dad, take me out for a fish dinner. All right, and bring out the snake, you know. I'd be a, not a great dad, right? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those that are hopeful? We'll give good things to those who believe the message that day. We'll give good things to, the, to those who really want them. No. To those who what? Who ask him. See, if we're going to be well-pleasing to the Lord, if we're going to step out in new areas of faith and make faith adjustments, then we have to believe that he's a rewarder, but we also have to seek, and part of seeking is asking. Part of seeking is asking. You can't, you can't, I can't seek something from pastor if I don't ask him. I can want something from him. Maybe he's got a great tie that, that I would love to wear, borrow for, for, for a meeting or something. And I'm like, man, I, I would love it if I could borrow that tie. That matches my, my shirt perfectly. Well, I just really want it. I want that. I want to borrow that tie. I want to borrow that tie. I could do that all day, every day for the next 200 years. And how many of you know that wouldn't get me to borrow in his tie? With all the passion, oh, man, I could tell other people, have you seen that tie Pastor wore the other day? My goodness, I'd love to borrow that for a meeting I've got coming up. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I, it would match so perfectly, you know. And I know he'd lend it to me. I know he would because he, he loves me and, and, and he'd let me borrow it. I could know that he'd want, want to lend it to me. I could know that, that, that it would work perfectly. But until I dare to ask, hey, pastor, can I borrow that tie? It would match perfect. And he'd say, no, you're not borrowing my tie. You'll spill spaghetti sauce on it. No. <laughs> no, but, but how many you know I could, I could desire something, I could want something with every part of my, my being from somebody that, that I know they would give me, but unless I ask for it, well, God's no different. He honors you far too much. He honors the free will that he's given us. He's not going to railroad you with, with things, even good things. That's why he wants you to ask. That's why he wants you to seek. Because he wants to be well pleased that the children he loves lines their heart's desire up with his heart's desire and dares to ask him, dares to seek him for it, dares to, to believe that he's the rewarder, just like he said he would. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's just close there. Father, we thank you that you are speaking fresh revelation to us, Lord. Even tonight, you're speaking fresh revelation, stirring us about tithing, stirring us about, about stepping in faith in our, in our expectation for finances, Lord. You're stirring us up and declaring some things about, about what you want to do even in the next few years, Father God. And so, Lord, we just line up our expectation Lord, you said last Sunday night that, that, there, that we're aligning our hearts with, with the plan and the purpose of heaven. We're aligning our hearts with the Father's heart. 
And Father, that's, that, that's what we're doing tonight. As we, that's what we were doing this morning. Father, we're aligning ourselves. We're being adjusted. We're putting it all out on the table, Lord. So that you can adjust whatever needs to be adjusted so that we can walk in and fulfill the things that you're calling us to as a body. And Father, we just agree together for the things that you're calling this body to do, this church to do in the coming coming years. And Father, we want to be fully adjusted, fully tuned up, fully aware. Father, the, the, the sons of Ishakar, they weren't blessed just because they had understanding of the times alone. It was that they knew what to do in those times. And so, Father, we... We don't want to just know what to do. We, we don't want to just know what's happening. We want to know what to do. And we don't even want to stay, stay there in just knowing what to do. We want to step out and do the things that you're asking us to do. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.